Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished professional entrepreneur and a fellow member of the YPO from Mumbai, India, Mr. Gajanan Nabar. Gajanan, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ashutosh, and um, really a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Forward to this uh, conversation. Absolutely. Gajanan is the Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director of Nova Air. He's worked with several major organizations. And as I mentioned, he's a fellow member of the YPO. So Gajanan, before we speak about Nova Air, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Surely. So, you know, I started, uh, obviously now it seems like a very long time ago, uh, with Asian Paints. Mm -hmm. uh, probably one of the finest companies that I worked Absolutely. for. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, then to Thermax. So I have, you know, in last 30 years been working with, uh, you know, I had a real good fortune of working with some of the, the best Indian and multinational companies mm. for BASF uh, for a few years. Then I moved to Monsanto. Mm. While doing so, Ashtosh, I also moved across industries. So I moved, I would say from, you know, specialty chemicals, paints, mm. uh, to engineering, to uh, seeds and biotech, mm -hmm. to industrial gases, to solar, to biofuels. So, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I would consider myself lucky that I got exposure into multitudes of uh, industry verticals. Mm -hmm. And I, I always think that that's really a treasure of my experience. Absolutely. And of course, just continuing on it, I, from Monsanto, I went to Praxair and I was, uh, I worked outside India in the United States, mm -hmm. came back, ran as an MD, uh, then I was with Praj for multiple number of years. Mm. Then I joined a, a startup called CleanMax. Uh, you know, we took uh, from almost uh, zero megawatt installed to 400 plus megawatts installed. Mm. That was a great journey. I really enjoyed that entrepreneurial binge that I had for short mm. duration. And then we obviously started no air. So it's like from a professional to, I would say, intrapreneurial, you know, professional entrepreneur. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. So let's talk about Nova Air then, Gajanan. Tell me a little bit about this venture and uh, what what are you doing here? Sure. So, you know, uh, Ashutosh is very interesting. Industrial gases industry worldwide is about $150 billion, pretty mm. large. Mm. Uh, but it's not very well known uh, till obviously, uh, you know, we were hit with COVID and everybody started talking about oxygen. And mm. you know, that's how the gases got, you know, uh, I would say mass um, acceptance or mass um, curiosity mm. uh, that, you know, there is something exists like oxygen. I mean, we do breathe every day, mm. <laughs> all air, but, uh, you know, gases play a very important part in multiple industries. Mm. I mean, you know, they are obviously... In hospitals, lifesavers, oxygen, nitrous oxide, uh, they help in nation building because steel can't be produced or copper can't be smelted without uh, oxygen. Mm. So you take the newer industries like chip manufacturing, solar panel manufacturing, uh, telephony, any of those newer industries, semiconductors, mm. they all require various kinds of gases. Mm. It obviously improves the quality of life uh, uh, for many of us. Mm. So you know, gases are all pervading, uh, but you know they work very quietly. They help uh, us to improve the productivity. Mm. Uh, the only other thing which which is you know I would like to share on the gases industry per se is that uh, you know it's a it's as I said it's something it's a commodity but it's a speciality commodity. Mm. So 
you know as a as a maybe as a production or as a manufacturing it's a, uh, fairly commoditized but how you actually help customer to use it how mm. you make them more reliable mm. how you make them more productive is the part of the science or the part of the art mm. which is the speciality so it's it's little yeah. bit on the cusp of uh, commodity and speciality amazing have you and said that mm. yeah sorry Sorry, I'm just going to say, is Nova Air focused on oxygen or some of the other gases? Yeah, so Nova Air, what we call it, is a full-service industrial gases company. Okay. And I just, just wanted to go through the genesis of Nova yeah. Air. So mm -hmm. if you look at the industry, and I had an opportunity of working for the industry and then working uh, for the customer of the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, out from you know, so I have hopefully have inside-out view as well as outside-in view. Correct. And when I look at from outside-in view, I realize that uh, you know, the industry is uh, fairly oligopolic. You know, few large companies constitute almost 60-70% of the market share worldwide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, situation is probably further more, um, uh, you know, complicated in India. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just felt that we should provide a real alternative to customers. Mm -hmm. And so we built Novair, you know, with the management team and obviously backed by private equity. And, uh, you know, we are, we call ourselves full service industrial gases company. So we not only produce and sell gases, we build uh, plants, oxygen plants. Mm. We run oxygen plants. We are running one of the largest oxygen plant in the country for mm. a steel mill. And, you know, uh, we also deal with specialty gases and you know, purification technology. So we call ourselves a full service mm. uh, industrial gases company. Interesting. And um, how you said the whole, the global market is about $150 billion. How large is it in, in India and Asia? Uh, India is about, I would say, um, uh, three and a half to four billion. Mm. And so it's pretty small, as you can see. And China is probably 10 times ours. So China is could be, you know, 30, 35 billion dollars. Mm. And, uh, you know, so, uh, so, but India is very significant because, you know, in last many years, India has been growing double digits. Mm. So what what you see as four billion over the next, uh, you know, by, by 2030, I'm seeing this as a more than $10 billion industry. Wow. And, you know, so that, and, you know, importantly, it's also qualitatively changing. Um, you know, it's predominantly when you're, uh, you know, uh, developing economy, your your applications are metals, and then it starts going into refineries. And then you have the newer edge industries like Semicon and uh, solar cell manufacturing and others where you require more sophisticated usage of gases mm. now you're talking about hydrogen as fuel and energy okay. so so it's you know it's it's dramatically changing in its qualitative aspect also not just mm. you know in size very well said and you know i was just thinking as you were talking the only gas that we were aware of was the cooking gas as as, as, as a consumer yeah. which comes to us in in cylinders but i think you're giving a very very different perspective on the on the nature and range of gases that are available but one more question before i move to some other questions how you extract gases and i have almost no understanding of this but given the fact that you are taking out gas from atmosphere and and bottling it how important is the purity of the atmosphere uh, for you given so much pollution in our country <laughs> a very very pertinent question and you know, uh, believe me, a lot of a lot many times we face this from the communities when we start mm. putting oxygen plants in areas. Mm. Uh, you're taking oxygen away. Mm. Uh, and mind you, there's lots of oxygen than we actually Absolutely. all can. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, and actually, what we do is we take the pollutants out. So we take the carbon monoxide, the carbon dioxide, and whatever we don't breathe, mm. and we 
purify the gas, I would say. So we, uh, when we extract, we also purify, and that's how the extraction happens. Hmm. And uh, actually, it's it's a it's I would say uh, may not be green because we don't, if we use start using only renewable power, it would obviously be green industry. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but till such time that we are using uh, the regular power, we probably are you know orange industry. Hmm. But it's it's non-polluting because you know we don't we we just let the nitrogen go back in the air if we don't capture everything yeah. and you know uh, we don't have any other pollutants coming out so uh, it's fairly green and uh, we are also trying at no air to use more and more renewable energy to convert air into oxygen or nitrogen and thus becoming i would say and there are a lot of talk about green hydrogen but we also mm. want to talk about green oxygen at some point in time mm. uh, is from the environmental standpoint and from what you just said, I've got one more question. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion going on that we will launch our first hydrogen trains. And I was reading an article that Toyota is launching hydrogen cars. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on these opportunities for gases? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, um, hydrogen as energy, hydrogen as fuel are uh, is widely talked about. I attended uh, multiple forums about hydrogen and the usage of it. Mm. Uh, my understanding, uh, to my probably limited understanding, is currently everybody is looking at making hydrogen. Uh, you know, there are a lot of companies talking about sand to energy. So it starts from, uh, you know, taking sand, making polysilicon, making solar panels, putting, uh, so, you know, solar uh, plants mm. and then using electrolyzer to make uh, hydrogen from water. Mm. And then that hydrogen used in cars or automotive or uh, trains to, mm. uh, as a fuel. So it's, it's a long walk. Mm. And, you know, I really don't know, um, you know, how this whole downstream um, application of hydrogen as fuel is going to work. Mm. And yes, there are a lot of, uh, you know, experiments or trial runs being done. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's still a long way. Right now, a lot of people are focused on making green hydrogen and exporting it to Europe because okay. apparently Europe has a lot of uh, requirement for green hydrogen. Also, uh, there are uh, power uh, price incentives to that. Okay. So um, I would I would say uh, from my limited understanding, it's still premature. Uh, we'll have to see and, you know, which part of the value chain that you know, company like Noir can play, but mm. um, we are we are looking at it closely, but mm. not really taking That's in action. Right. Wonderful. So now let me move to some other kind of type of questions. You know, and let me now talk to you as a leader. You know, we're just coming out of the pandemic. Uh, I have two questions for you on the pandemic. Number one is that, how did you as a leader handle um, so many issues in the three years of our pandemic, where people were working from home? There were issues of morale. There were issues of careers. How did you handle it? Because a lot of people say that this was probably the most trying time for leaders around the world. You know, Ashutosh, we call ourselves a, a pandemic baby. Okay. Uh, we were actually born uh, almost when the pandemic started. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, in corporation January 2020. And, uh, you know, that's how our first fund came around that time. And, uh, and, and the world stopped. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so we, we were really having a big question mark, how we'll, we'll progress. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad to share with you that 
we built our plant which is at Sri City. Mm-hmm. It's a 220 tons uh, state-of-the-art oxygen plant, mm-hmm. which we built right through the pandemic in 14 months. The industry standard is about 18 to 20 months, mm-hmm. and we built that in uh, flat 14 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, yes, pandemic was there, challenges were there. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of people supported us, state government, uh, local government, local mm-hmm. authorities supported us quite a bit. Mm. Because, of course, it was an oxygen plant. And generally, you know, uh, nowadays in India, there is a very uh, favorable climate towards investment. People, mm. Mm. generally the, the machinery is support, uh, supportive. Yeah. So that happened to us. Mm. And we were lucky that we could build this in that. So mm. uh, so, so if you are building a plant, uh, obviously you need to work around other challenges of how you'll do the meetings, how you'll do... Uh, you know, vendor management, how you'll hire people. So a lot of those things we uh, we started doing on virtual, on the net, and, mm. you know, kind of got used to doing it. Mm. So the only come, you know, one word comes to my mind is, uh, and, you know, it's a Darwin theory as well, which, you know, survival of not the strongest or not the biggest, mm. the survival of the most adaptive species. Well, is what it is. So in today's world, uh, pandemic has taught us one thing: if you're not adaptive enough as a company, as an individual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you your sustainability becomes a challenge at some point in time. Mm-hmm. So when it was offline meetings, uh, when it was online meetings, we were doing online. Now there are offline meetings. We were we are doing online meetings. So so I think it's it's just being uh, nimble and adaptive to the environment around you. I mm-hmm. would say. But another another question that I have was that given the environment of people having got used to work from home, uh, do you see hybrid working as a part of Nova Air? And do you think it's going to be there to stay? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think... Uh, uh... I think both ends probably not the best solution, I think mm. offline or online, mm. somewhere as hybrid. I think certain things you, you know, you want to hire a very critical candidate. You want to personally meet the candidate. Mm. You know, it's just a different vibe than uh, doing a Zoom call. I mean, if there are no alternatives, of course, you do Zoom calls. But, but uh, you know, meeting somebody personally, if you are negotiating a really large contract, very critical mm. stage of the contract, mm. you want to be personally present because that energy which gets exchanged when you physically there doesn't happen, obviously, in, uh, you know, in the virtual world. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's, and at the same time, uh, the virtual world is very efficient. You know, I mean, you are in Delhi, I'm in Mumbai, and we still can talk and have a Correct. good conversation. Correct. So, uh, so there is an efficiency of doing this offline, uh, or sorry, online, mm. and then there are the personal benefits or the personal effect which comes into play in uh, offline. So, well said. Well said. Well it's said. a hybrid. Rightly use the word. Great response. Thank you. Let me now move to and ask you another question. That you know, you have run large companies. You've also been an entrepreneur. Now you're running a, uh, you know, Nova Air. What, in your opinion, are some of the key differences between running a startup and running a large company, especially when it comes to people, competencies, and experiences? You know, uh, Ashish, it's a very interesting question. And uh, yes, you're right. I I was lucky enough to get both exposures. Yeah. And I think uh, everything boils down to the leadership mindset. Mm. Uh, people given 
a particular environment uh, and if you obviously have the right attitude uh, type people they would adapt to it and then they would start you know excelling in that given environment uh, you know if you are running already a established company and then you're looking for a growth i think the parameter is slightly different mm-hmm. obviously you know you have a momentum of the existing business so yeah. there is you know there is some kind of a rigor of you know the trucks going out the money is coming in and you know it's a cycle which is established now you need to go to the next level of cycle right. but you know it's the momentum is there mm-hmm. but at the same time it's you know m- less flexible because you mm-hmm. don't being have you already set up uh, you know the whole uh, operations the flexibility is less mm-hmm. at the same time you know you also <clears throat> kind of Uh, you know you have resources you don't have shortage of resources mm. i mean in most cases mm. but you probably need to reallocate resources to the next growth phase mm. wherever that is mm. so these are some of the challenges you face when you are kind of trying to grow the existing business whereas when you are you know running a new outfit is i would say ground up there is nothing so i think the the one of the learnings for me to start noir is to have minimum setup time mm-hmm. i mean just start the way it is uh you don't have to care about really an office space you really don't have to care you need something which is functional and you know you you need to put the crew together you need to have a, a right messaging to the crew and 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 that's how it starts uh, you know growing so that that's very important uh, you know resources will be short so multitasking is the key for when you do a startup right and the third one which is slightly more i mean it happens with existing businesses but more in startups mm-hmm. is to problem solving ability mm-hmm. because you know an existing business you already have gone through certain problems you already started addressing some of those mm-hmm. and probably you the, the number of problems that you will encounter on an operating basis are much lesser whereas in a in a startup situation every day there is something which will <laughs> not work and you need right. to make sure that you and your team is uh, you know equipped enough to kind of get it get it going mm, interesting <clears throat> there's another perspective i wanted to ask you about and that is on values and value and value creation uh traditional businesses in our country which are sitting on huge assets making profits have a value of say x startup companies come from the tech industry yeah we they know that they're going to lose money for the next so many years and they have a valuation of 20x right my question is who knows how to price a company better the stock markets or the venture capitalists or the private equity yeah I, you know there there are multiple question in this one question yeah. i would <laughs> absolutely and uh, let me first try to see uh, you know share my understanding of traditional companies and i will always associated with the old world economy know. you know the chemicals and which is why i'm asking you this sorry <laughs> chemicals gases tea yeah. whatever mm. uh, now obviously if you looking at uh, you know there were a lot of talks about byju's valuation which is like not even 10 year old company is is much higher than tata steel's valuation which is like 120 years old company Correct. Correct. and uh, things like that but see let's let's not forget tata steel is is a commodity Uh, they are into commodity steel so obviously you will have the benefit of the commodity cycles at the same time if you are on the wrong side of the cycle you will have the uh, you know your valuation won't be at the same level so uh, and and to to the the the, the financial cycle of these businesses is pretty long i mean either a petrochemical plant even an industrial gases plant it takes 
two years to build a large size industrial gas plant. So mm. from start to finish, it's like a three-year cycle. So what I would use as a term, which is investor money into customer money. Mm. So you have investment done. And then by the time your customers start buying the product, returning the money to you, it's it's a fairly long cycle. Whereas you know, in a in a digitized world, in a virtual world, it's much faster cycle mm. the downside of a digitized world or the or the newer world is that the technology of absolution is immediate you know and it's, it's sudden Correct. i mean you have many examples of you know many large companies just Going today they're not there mm. i don't even have to use the names that people are very yeah. familiar with. yeah so uh, obviously there are you know pros and cons of uh, both you know uh, whereas if you look at specialty business which is over years been mm. uh, nurtured and grown mm. would also seek a better valuation than just a pure commodity business. So right. that, you know, there is, there is somewhere uh, a mid path there. Mm. Now, having said that your question, the second question, uh, part of the question was uh, stock market or, uh, you know, VC stroke P. Mm. Now, uh, the, see, ultimately it depends on what's your end game. Uh, you know, you want a full exit or you what the money you're looking for. I mean, mm. just from valuation perspective, uh, if you time the market, which is, you know, I'm talking about the share market. Mm. If you time the market, probably you'll get multiply high valuation for your your business. Yeah. You'll also obviously get some liquidity premium. Yeah. You know, whereas, uh, you know, in, in case of uh, VCs and pre-Ps, uh, the valuation beta is not very high. So share, it's you will sometimes undervalued, sometimes you're overvalued. Whereas for P, they exactly know what industry they're getting into, what multiples, what is the beta growth that they can see, what's the exit strategy. So it's more formalized platform mm. where you, if your company fits in, you get the right valuation as per the private equity or the market. Mm. Uh, but if it doesn't, then obviously you will be undervalued as well. But uh, I, I would say there are two different, you know, kettle of fish. So mm. difficult to compare which one will give you better valuation. I think it's also an opportunistic timing, which also matters a lot. Well said. Well said. Um, one more question. or I've, come, I've got time for two more questions. Uh, there is this entire new dynamics of digital businesses, you know, about uh, large companies having to be nimble and react quickly. And yet, when I speak to large company entrepreneurs or, or uh, professionals, for them to be able to, you know, it's like a big ship moving down and for it to turn, it needs, uh, you know, two days to make a turn. How are big companies and large companies and traditional companies reacting to this completely changed environment that we're living in? Yeah. I think, um, again, some experience that I had yeah. of working with large companies and, you know, it's it's always a question, can the elephant dance? Mm. And, you know, what the, what actually stops from elephant dancing is mm. actually their own weight of their success. Correct. Uh, it's nothing about what kind of industry you are in, what kind of, uh, you know, markets you are in. Mm. It's your own success in the past, which actually tells you that, you know, we have, we have done this much better, so why change? Mm. And... Uh, and obviously, that's where, you know, many large companies slow down or get into absolutions. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think um, uh, many large companies I've seen have, you know, restructured their businesses. I mean, our homegrown example is Reliance. I mean, yeah. five years back, they were just refining petrochemicals and 
um, you know, that yeah. segment. Now they are in multiple other segments, right. telephones, retails. Right. And and the transformation is happened swiftly at the same time, uh, I would say smoothly. Mm. So uh, it again uh, goes back to uh, the leadership uh, drive. It goes back to, um, you know, the nudges and pulls that pushes uh, that the leadership team can provide to the team to change uh, into something newer and something uh, different than what it is. For You know, just one example comes to my mind out of uh, context is, you know, Seseda is a Japanese cosmetic company hmm. and obviously headquartered in uh, Tokyo hmm. and they want to become more international. So their CEO one day just said, our official language of communication is English. Okay. And, you know, see, it's a, it's a very, very different perspective. And it, it obviously stirred the whole pot, you know, and, and people had to Correct. kind of people who only knew Japanese had to undergo a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, was also helpful for people who were coming from outside. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes it's such a big push is required. Uh, whereas, you know, Cleveland Hospital, just a nudge where they said, we don't call ourselves employees, we call Cleveland medical healthcare caregivers. Mm. That itself just, you know, and everybody became that. So I think, you know, managing this whole transformation journey from, uh, from the old world economy to digitization, I think you should first be very open to the change and, you know, open to look around and see where we can use this mm. in our platform to to kind of well said, well, said. well said and Gajan, my last question to you and this is for the many many people who will listen to our conversation yeah. based on your own amazing journey um, and you know working with so many come different companies across the whole world yeah. for a lot of our young viewers and listeners what would you say are three lessons you would want them to take away from your journey and our conversation yeah uh... I think a very, very important question. And uh, of course, life and experience always teaches you something. And it's for us to kind of grab it. Right. So if I had to distill, you know, some of those uh, experiences that I had in my journey of past uh, so many years, hmm. I would say uh, it is always important in business or even in personal life hmm. uh, is where you are going hmm. more important than where you are. Yeah. Because, you know, you need to keep looking at the direction and once you know the direction that you are going into, you obviously will set the crew accordingly. You will set the team accordingly. You will set uh, the whole atmosphere, the culture in yeah. in the particular manner. So where you're going is, I would say, is very important. Hmm. Second, you know, we do a lot of lip service. Uh, people are assets and people are this yeah. and, are, uh, you know, very important for us and others. But I think uh, ultimate differentiator that you have is people. I think uh, uh, so having the right people, ha once you have the right people, uh, having them rightly motivated, hmm. and, you know, getting them engaged is, yeah. is really the job of the management team. And, and that's, yeah. I would say, a big differentiator. So hmm. that's my lesson number two. Hmm. Uh, always, you know, the teams which had better people have always won. I've seen hmm. this. Hmm. And third, which is, you know, my, uh, I would say over the last few years I've seen, uh, with this whole revolution of digitization and others, mm. is that uh, Ashutosh knowledge has become commodity. Mm. I mean, earlier, like I'm, you know, fairly knowledgeable. I know everything. I have experience. Mm. Uh, it's not anymore about the knowledge. It's how you use the knowledge. Mm. It's about in imagination. Mm. So the imagine, you know, if I were to say knowledge is commodity, 
imagination is speciality it's how mm. you use the knowledge mm. is probably the most important so i think these are my three uh, learnings amazing amazing and and on that note uh, gajanan and your three amazing lessons know where you're going uh, instead of know understand where you are people are the biggest differentiators and how you train them and how you uh, work with them is very critical and the third one you said is which is so powerful knowledge is a commodity but imagination uh, is is the key to really achieving the leadership that you are seeking thank you so much for speaking to me about your own incredible journey about nova air i learned many many new things about gases from you today thank you also for telling me and uh, sharing your perspectives on leadership on valuation and on building businesses thank you again and good luck thank you so much ashutosh it was lovely speaking to you thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you